Authorization required. Captain's log. The impossible has happened. Somewhere along this journey, we'll find a way back. Enter authorization code. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. And it's just begun. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Security authorization accepted. Command codes verified. Transfer complete. You're listening to An Hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plant. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Charles Plain. I am the con- chairman of the Continuing Committee. I want to thank you all for joining me this evening as I make a few remarks and then answer questions previously submitted on the forums. Then I will be taking questions from the chat room. For those of you in the chat room, uh, please be patient. I'm not able to uh, look at my notes and answer the chat at the same time. I will uh, call for questions from the chat room when I get close to that time. Please whisper your questions to me in the chat room. I'm not going to be able to guarantee that I can follow the chat discussion. I will do my best to answer your questions. So, thank you all for joining me. Uh, 2014 shapes up to be one of the best years of Trek we've had in a long time, as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of not only 1st edition, but 2nd edition and triples as well. Uh, We have big plans for the year to make this special, and we want all of you to be a part of it. Before we can get into those plans, uh, there have been some rumors and uh, some concern on the forums lately, and in spite of all that, I wanted to make sure you all knew that this is a great time to be part of the Trek community, but I wanted to take a few moments to address your concerns uh, before I answer your questions. On December 16th of 2013, I posted a proposal on the Department of Organized Play forums. The proposal was specifically designed to address two big issues that we had in organized play, and a number of smaller ones, but but the two big issues were um, the lack of information and the lack of consistency that directly contributed to the Brisbane, Australia incident in November of last year. And the the real evidence that we had that uh, play in North America was dwindling and suffering. Uh, It was not in Europe and Australia, but uh, it was in North America. Um, The the, the key component of my proposal was the introduction of a new type of of major event, um, a a big high-level event. These events would be managed by the continuing committee, so that they would be spaced out throughout the year, uh, both in time and in geographical location. These events would be given significant promotion by the Continuing Committee uh, on the level of Continentals and Worlds promotion, uh, and they would come with special prizes. Um, The idea is that the existing Nationals system would fit within this framework uh, so that the Nationals would remain important where they are important, but could be supplemented in areas where they're less important, like the continental United States. Uh, The other portions of the proposal were meant to to sort of standardize information about our tournaments so that we could post an explanation of how they all work, what the calendar is like, uh, and where the events run. Um, 
this would include basically taking the system that we use for raffles and for regional buys, where they increase as the tournament gets bigger, and sort of applying that across how all of the tournaments work, and then and, and possibly applying that to uh, how ratings work. Um, now, a lot of the items in this proposal had been in discussion for years uh, ahead of the time I posted the proposal. Um, especially the idea of adding a new major event type has been going on as early as 2009 and even more various forms one or another. So there wasn't anything completely out of left field in this proposal. Um, and the proposal itself was something that I had been working on for months because our organized play team is very busy. They, they all have jobs, they all have a lot of responsibilities, and I tend to not have, I'm unemployed, so I tend to have more free time, and this is a pet project of mine, so it was something that I'd worked on. Uh, and I want to make it clear <clears throat> that this literally was just a proposal. Uh, it had been well thought out, it had been carefully considered, uh, I, I had thought, um, because I've been working on it for some time, but it was literally a proposal. Now, my, my first big mistake uh, was that I posted it to the OP team directly, instead of sending it to James for a review first. And that is the, uh, the first big mistake I made here, and I want to extend my personal apologies uh, not only to James for disrespecting him in his position, but to the entire organized play team for disrespecting the process. Uh, this was a very major failure on my part uh, for circumventing the way we have our structure, the organizational structure. Um, as a result of this uh, and my unintentional disrespect for James and his team, uh, I have withdrawn myself from the OP forums almost entirely um, and will work within the framework of this organization in the future. Um, the, the response to the proposal was mixed, but James uh, felt that he needed to resign. Um, he indicated that he felt that my mind was already made up, and uh, which I want to clear, be clear, this was not the case. This was simply a proposal um, that I was trying to provoke discussion on. Um, my language may have been, uh, I was using strong language because that's what you do when you believe in an idea, and perhaps that was a mistake, uh, another failure on my part. And I accept a lot of the responsibility for, for uh, doing this poorly. Um, James did not indicate at that time any specific reasons why he disagreed with the proposal, just that he did, or, or indicate to me that why he felt this was necessary to step down. The response was very terse. It was literally, I am resigning. Um, at that point, I contacted him almost immediately uh, and begged him to reconsider. And I wanted to sit down and talk through his concerns and get on Skype and talk it over. Uh, he declined and told me this is what he wanted to do, that he felt this was something he needed to do, and not to pursue the matter any further. And I've worked well with James for a long time. And when he said that to me, I accepted it. Uh, I accepted his decision, and I accepted his resignation, and hoped and wished him well. Now, this happened shortly before the holidays, so the next several weeks were, were consumed with I traveled home, and I had uh, some personal issues to deal with, and I kept an eye on the situation and was looking for a replacement, obviously, but it wasn't a high-priority item for me over the holidays. During this time, that there was discussion about the proposal as it was posted, and, and contrary to other claims, it was not universally affirmative. Uh, many of the parts of the proposal were strongly disliked, and others were were liked to certain degrees. Um, 
And I want to make it absolutely and explicitly clear, and I, I feel like a broken record, but this is very important, is that this was, this was a proposal, literally. And this was, hey, these are some issues that we have, and here are some possible solutions. My intention was to promote discussion, and I may not have made that as clear as I should have. And again, I made a mistake by going over James's head, so to speak. And that was, again, not my intention. And James, you do have my sincere apologies. I did feel that this was something somewhat urgent because we tend to be very, very, very methodical, very, very slow to act. And as I said, the discussions for adding a new type of major go back almost five years, almost the entire life of the continuing committee, uh, and nothing had been done. And I felt like this was one solution, one part of the solution to dealing with some of the issues that we had across uh, the globe, and particularly in North America. So I felt that there was a sense of urgency, which is why I was excited to post it. Um, but we wanted to be able to talk through all of this stuff and figure it all out. And, and I, you know, in the proposal, I had specifically said, here are some numbers, but they're just examples. They're not, you know, set in stone. Uh, I, I, I'm, there was no dictate from me that this is how we're going to do things. And I, I, I regret that people took it that way, but that was certainly not the case. That's, I rarely use that authority um, because I enjoy the discussion and I want people to contribute to the discussion. Um, so as this went on, uh, eventually James reached out to Matthias and myself and said, uh, here are the reasons that this proposal is terrible. And James is an intelligent guy and he was, in, in many of his points, were valid and correct. Uh, because this was, this was scaring people, the way James handled it on the forums and, and the, the lack of information about what was going on, uh, we pulled the proposal. Um, many people ask, well, why don't you just show it to us? And, and, and there are a lot of reasons why we don't do that. Uh, I, I tr there, there's a rule about brainstorming is that every idea is on the table. You, you never criticize an idea when it's being talked about. And if we, you know, we've had bad ideas. Uh, let me give you a good example. A, a long time ago, we were seriously exploring the option of uh, redesigning the first edition card template. Bad idea, but we wanted the ability to explore that idea. We want the ability to explore the ideas without also having the added pressure of having an additional 500 people weigh in on them. There has to be a place to develop ideas, and, and that's one of the reasons why we have the private forums, and one of the reasons I think we need the private forums which is why we didn't just make the proposal public. But in order to satisfy concerns, particularly of James, because we all had great respect for him, we pulled the proposal. And what this means is that um, for, the, for the foreseeable future, for, for, the, for, for this year's Road to Worlds and probably several years after, we're not changing how things work. There's going to be no change to how ratings are calculated. Um, there's not going to be any change to how regionals feed into continentals and nationals feed into continentals and continentals feed into worlds. That's not changing at all. Um, that's a good system that works well. There's no reason to change it. Um, you know, down the road, we may decide to, to revisit ideas. You never know. But there are still issues that need to be addressed, and I'm hopeful that we can address them at some point. But the proposal that upset James is gone. And, and, and really, the, the, when he explained it, the, 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 the Part of the proposal that he objected to was, to me, one of the more minor parts. It was, hey, we can make things more clear by rolling this all together. And so he pointed out some reasons why we shouldn't do that. And so we withdrew it. And we withdrew the whole proposal. Because ultimately, his argument was that what we were doing 
hurts the bread and butter of this organization, which is the local playgroup, the, the smaller playgroups, the local tournaments. And, and ultimately, that is what we exist for. Um, the, the bigger events are, are awesome, and we love to make a spectacle out of them, and they, they give a great reason for people to play. But the bread and butter of this community is getting together with your friends on a, on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon and playing Trek. And a, any proposal that could do that uh, can't, can't be allowed to proceed. I, I don't understand why that couldn't have been explained versus uh, making, you know, resigning and then explaining. I'm assuming that James had other reasons why he wanted to resign. I have nothing but respect for him, but I don't, it, I don't know how, why he did what he did. It's over and it's done with, and I wish him nothing but the best. But that is the, the reason of what happened. Uh, another issue that's been going on lately is that some members of the community were unhappy with the fact that there was no application process for the director of organized play. And I understand that, and I respect that. And, and I want to first and foremost say I'm sorry that uh, there was no application process. I, I would like to explain to you why I felt that it was necessary to make a, a quick decision, and hopefully that will, will give you some understanding of, of why we did that. And it's not going to be the norm that we just pick people for new positions. You know, we just completed applications for the first edition brand manager. We're currently taking applications for an Australian organized play coordinator. And in most circumstances, when a position comes up, we will be taking applications. So this is not the norm, but I chose to nominate somebody quickly and directly for, for a couple reasons. And the biggest one was that we have, we had a number of issues that needed to be solved much sooner than later. Um, for example, the, the, the Briz Vegas incident, um, the, the, if, if we had any hope of rolling out uh, new major tournaments anywhere in 2014, we needed to start working on that now. Uh, there's the printability issue, which is, you know, promised for early 2014 that needed to be finalized. Uh, regional applications need to start, and, and we still have not announced our 2014 Continentals, and, and all of these things needed to happen sooner rather than later. And if we had done an application process, it would have been uh, two to three weeks of letting people apply and then two to three weeks of going through the applications and interviewing people. And so it, it would have been mid or late February before we had anyone in place. And, and yes, we had an organized play team that could have handled a lot of these issues, but I felt like what we needed was uh, a clear and decisive leader. We needed somebody to pull in the extra time to, to pull these voices together and get people moving towards the goals. Uh, I felt like, especially uh, since I, I sort of went over James's head unintentionally again, uh, I was not the wisest. I mean, I could have acted as, as the temporary director, but I felt like uh, picking somebody who was familiar with the people and the issues uh, was the right decision. And uh, again, I do apologize to anybody who was interested in applying that did not get the chance to, hopefully you will find more opportunities to volunteer in the organization as they come up. But um, when I looked at the candidates, uh, Matthias has had uh, considerable success in his time in Australia, yeah, both before the continuing committee working with the Cypher and growing the communities down there uh, as the Australian Organized Play Coordinator. And I knew that he could take that passion and that drive, especially since his free time had increased, and apply it on the global scale. So I'm confident that in his new role as the director, uh, he will take that same passion and energy and leadership he's demonstrated as the Australian Organized Play 
coordinator and apply it everywhere. And I'll strip, uh, Matthias has my full faith and confidence that he will serve this community well as the new director of organized play. Um, I don't necessarily agree with how things have been handled by some people on the forums lately. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. What's important is that um, members of the community should remain vigilant in asking questions. We want you to say, why are you doing this? What were the reasons behind doing this? And then it's our responsibility to give you as many answers as we can give you. Uh, and, and these types of things where, where we address you directly, and we interact with you by taking your questions, are going to happen more frequently to increase communication. Uh, you know, we had the period of review at the end of last year that I thought went really well. And we can en enhance that model and bring it about to be more effective. Um, this organization exists to serve the community of players. That's what we do. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. That's why we started this. And that's why everybody puts their time and energy into these things. Um, <clears throat> we always will do so with the best of intentions. There's, we've all worked far too hard to be reckless or careless uh, with your trust and what is best for this community. And we want you to be a part of the process. We want you to ask us questions. We want to be able to give you answers to those questions. And we want you to be involved where and when it's appropriate to do so. Um, but it's important to be res you know, respectful of the organization and the processes and the people that do this work when you're doing so. So, so please continue to ask questions and please continue to, to uh, raise issues that, that concern you. But Everybody here is doing the best that they can, and if it turns out that there's a problem, we'll deal with each problem on a case-by-case -case basis. <clears throat> uh, one last topic I wanted to address before I get to questions was the uh, quote-unquote Briz Vegas incident. Uh, and as I mentioned, the continuing committee exists uh, to serve the community of Trek players. Our primary goal is to enable players like you to meet and have fun in a safe environment where you can play track or play triples. Um, it's precisely because of that reason why we flipped the decision from Brisbane, Australia. Again, I have great respect for James. James made the decision that he thought was correct. Um, and it was a culmination of a series of mistakes by a lot of different people that led to that situation. It was a terrible situation. It was lose-lose. And ultimately, when you get to a lose-lose situation, we must act on behalf of the players. If anybody is going to lose, it has to be the organization as a whole. Because if, if we don't support the players and what they're doing, we have no reason to exist. It is this organization's job to promote play, not discourage it. And our, our handling of the situation was embarrassing and unfortunate, and it did the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Uh, the discussion about how to deal with the situation started on the 18th of November, which was uh, almost a month before James decided to retire. Um, in that discussion, as, as now, I accepted blame on behalf of the organization and asked all involved not to point fingers at each other because there's no use usefulness in this. Uh, this was a series of failures from, from the moment the event was conceived until the moment was, uh, event was downgraded until even now, it's been a series of failures, and we've simply been re responding in the best way we could to serve the interests of the players. Uh, it was a failure of this organization, not of any one people, not of any one person. So, so the intention was not to assign blame. The intention was to find a solution. Uh, discussions on 
how this happened, how we could avoid it from happening again, and what we could do to deal with the situation continued uh, all through December, even before James res resigned and after he resigned. Um, we, we discussed how we could define our nationalist policy in a way to make more sense so that this didn't happen. Uh, and we're still working on that um, so that this doesn't ever happen again. And, and that's ultimately what we're looking for is here to make sure uh, this isn't something that never happens again. And I'm telling you all this so that no one out there thinks this was something that, that was rushed into a decision um, because of favoritism or anything like that. And, and, and quite frankly, I, I, I'm somewhat offended by the suggestion that, you know, Matthias would take this position and then immediately turn around and favor his players because that's just not how any of us are. Um, you know, as the Australian organized play coordinator, absolutely it was his job to protect the interests of Australian players, just as it's David Cook's job to protect North America and Thomas Schneider's job to protect European players. But uh, it's as the director of organized play or as the chairman, our jobs are to protect everyone. And, and we were discussing how to resolve this situation long before Matthias was appointed or even before James retired. Um, there, there have been a number of suggestions on how we could have handled it. We could have done this or we could have done that. And honestly, we could have done a lot of things and none of them would have been a good solution because it was a terrible situation. It was a bad situation from the minute it happened until the minute we resolved it. And I think that we have resolved it in the way uh, most favorable to the people who were affected by it and in the way that hopefully we'll begin to let those players trust this organization again. And, and ultimately, that's what we need to do is we need to earn the trust of all the players that were affected by this back and maintain the trust of players all across the world. Um, to be to be completely uh, fair, um, this situation is going to lead to positive change. We, we are going to reevaluate um, the rules of nationals uh, and make sure that's documented because because that was a big problem is that how nationals run and when they can run was never documented anywhere. It was sort of a, a known unknown type of situation. Um, and, and really, if, if, if blame is to be placed at any one person's feet here, it should be placed at all of our feet. Um, from the, every every single person on the, in the continuing committee took, should take some responsibility for this situation because this organization failed. Um, we have absolutely no plans to remove or cancel national events to to, to, to make this a habit of uh, uh, making a decision and then flipping on it or, or promoting and canceling events. We are we're going out of our way to make make sure that this situation never happens again by by documenting policy and keeping it uh, public where everybody can see it having public review uh, and, and various things like that and, and once those policies are solidified we will share them with you um, in the meantime we have no plans to alter nationals at whatsoever we're, we're not canceling nationals we're not changing nationals we're not taking nationals away nationals are still going to exist uh, within Basically, we're taking the rules that we have now and codifying them so that they're written down and public, and then we will continue to operate nationals within those rules. Uh, at the least, we may make them more important. Just to summarize, I know that things have been dramatic lately and complicated, and I understand, and I wanted to come on here and have this hangout to let you guys know there is no cause for alarm. Uh, Things are going well, and, and things are looking bright. And I really believe that 2014 is going to be one of the better years for this organization, for first edition, second edition, triples, and our high-level play all across the world. Um, 
I don't want this to turn into uh, it's Matthias versus James or new versus old. I don't want anything like that. I, I, I want to celebrate James Hoskins' legacy as the director of organized play, as a second edition designer, and as a, a volunteer in a number of other organizations. As a writer, he did all of these things for us for so long, and we should be so grateful for them and, and celebrate what he's done. And, and, and he will always be an important part of this community. But, but James has decided to move on from the director of organized play position and from many of those volunteering duties. And I still think the future looks bright, uh, not only for organized play, but for all of us. Uh, we will continue to improve communication, uh, to improve the flow of information. <clears throat> and we hope that you will continue to play and participate in all of these processes, uh, especially as we celebrate 20 years of Star Trek CCG. So at this time, I'm going to... Uh, ask for questions from the chat room um, while I take a drink of water and then I'm going to answer the pre-submitted questions from the message boards and, and go into a few more details here then I'll take questions from the chat room and uh, then we'll we'll call this a night so all right my first question is from okay coyote and he wants to know, uh, is there an official announcement uh, on if and when there will be a North American Continentals this year? First of all, absolutely there will be a North American Continentals. There will also be a European Continentals, and there will be an Australian Continentals this year. Um, uh, we are actively working on finalizing the details for those three events, and we are planning on announcing them all as soon as they're ready to go. Uh, so, I mean, the, literally the instant we have the details to give you, we will give them to you. Progress is being made on the planning for all of those events, and it's, uh, we will be announcing them soon. Uh, and then his second question, which is related to this, is there an effort being made to improve communication involving bidding and announcements of high-level events? Absolutely. Um, th this is sort of a, a sore subject with me. It's, it's a personal mission that we're, we're, we're waiting way too long to announce our events, and we, we need to do better uh, as best as we can to get these events planned earlier and announced earlier. And, and there are logistical issues. Some, you know, sometimes you can't secure venues, and I understand that. But you know, we shouldn't be scrambling at the eleventh hour to to finalize plans for twenty fourteen North American Continentals. We should have it already announced and and out there. And so we are planning on uh, providing more notice for all of our big events, um, even even the nationals, as much notice as we can possibly provide. <clears throat> Um, it's a top priority for me, and it's one that I've asked Matthias to make a top priority in his new role. Um, talking about bidding, we used bidding briefly. Uh, I know that is the process we used to place um, 2010's Continentals in San Diego. Uh, and then bidding was set aside in favor of sort of rotation-based systems uh, for Worlds and the other Big Four. Uh, by the way, Big Four is Worlds and the Three Continentals. Um, you know, for example, when Worlds was in North America, it was a Gen Con. When Worlds was out elsewhere, North American Continentals was in Gen Con. So, it, it, you know, it hadn't really needed to come up again, uh, at least in North America. And then we were rotating Worlds. Um, what, what's going to happen now? What, what, once organized play sort of solves its immediate issues, and, and I know that the, the organized play team is, is meeting later in this week to sort of deal with a lot of those uh, 
we're going to be looking at the processes. We're going to be looking at bidding versus rotation and, and trying to figure out what the best solution is for these events uh, and what will allow us to do the, the planning that we want to do. Uh, I, I can't give you any more information on that. Uh, that's for Matthias and his team to decide. I just know that uh, we we are making an effort to be more uh, ahead of these plans and to communicate more often and more early with, with everyone out there trying to plan for these events. Uh, Armis, uh, Brian Sykes, who just sent me a FOIL, FOIL Future Enterprise. Thanks, Brian. Had a question about regionals this year. Uh, specifically, when does the application process begin, and what is the regional time frame? Uh, I do not have the specific date for when the article announcing applications will be going up. It should be very, very soon, uh, and I know the application process will run through the majority of February. And the, the regional time frame should be pretty close to what it last was last year. I think it might be a, a little bit, a week shifted one way or the other, uh, but it should be pretty much end of March to end of June um, for regionals. That lets us do Continentals in July and then Worlds in August for this year. <clears throat> uh, Fritzinger asks, are Nationals under threat? First of all, Fritzinger, congratulations on the excellent tournament in uh, South Africa recently. That's an awesome achievement. Hopefully we can have uh, you know, South African Nationals soon, which should answer your question that uh, Nationals are absolutely not under threat. Um, they're super important in certain parts of the world and, and less so in others. Like I, even in North America, there are players that really like nationals, uh, but there are, you know, the U S is so big. It's, it's hard to, to really claim it's a national event when realistically only a third of the country can get to it. Uh, whereas, you know, you have countries like Germany or the UK where it's a lot easier to travel around in theory, at least. Uh, and it means more uh, when you have a, a continent of nations versus a, a continent that is two nations effectively. That being said, uh, we're not taking nationals away. They are very popular in certain parts of the world and with certain playgroups. The, the original proposal that I made never intended to take nationals away. Instead, it was just to sort of, you know, nationals, we have this new event type of which nationals are one of them. And, and maybe it was poorly worded, I don't know, but nationals aren't going anywhere. We're not taking them away. They are in no danger. So nobody worry. You can still have your nationals and they will still be awesome. Uh -huh. Jadzia Dax8 asks, what were the proposed changes for organized play as hinted by James? So I'm not going to go into the, the full details because, again, it was simply a proposal and, and it will get people will be bogged down in details that aren't relevant, especially since the proposal has been withdrawn. Uh, I will tell you briefly what they were and I'll tell you what we were trying to do. Uh, the short version was we were going to standardize how events scale so that... Um, the best example I can give you is, is how uh, raffle tickets work, right? You know, at, at a four-person raffle ticket, the winner gets four-person tournament, the winner gets one. When you get to five to eight, the winner plus somebody else. And when you get to nine to 16, it's the winner plus two people. It was sort of this idea that the bigger the tournament got, the more more things it got. And it would all sort of be done automatically in our system. Uh, the idea was we're going to clear up confusion about, you know, buys work on this sliding scale and raffle tickets work on this sliding scale, and ratings work on this scale. It was just, it felt confusing, and we thought maybe we can combine that all into one system. Not going to happen, so don't worry there. Uh, the other part, and really the most important part, was let's make more major tournaments. Let's make more high-level tournaments. Um, and, and I think there's potential in that idea, and hopefully it's something that can be implemented in a way that keeps nationals still important and provides more high-level tournaments all across the globe. 
but the, the exact proposal, it's, it's off the table, um, so there's no stress. Uh, but that's the gist of what it was. Um, I think the goals behind the proposal, though, uh, to have more clarity uh, behind our, 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 all of our tournaments and to provide more high-level tournaments are good goals. Um, whether it just be documenting how things work now. I mean, because right now you can't go to our website and find out, you know, what a regional is or, or, or anything like that, unless you go digging into the articles or, or, or when, when is Continentals or, or what time of year are Continentals or how do they work? It's just, this is poorly documented. So at the, at the very least, we should document that. Um, and then I would like to have more high level tournaments. I, I think that's something that there's a demand for. And, and the interesting thing about, you know, High-level tournaments aren't a solution, but they, they will sort of help because, uh, you know, if you have a play group where there's uh, one or two high-level players that like to travel, um, if you offer more high-level tournaments, those players will travel to those high-level tournaments. Uh, but the other side effect is that those players are going to want to play more to prepare for those high-level tournaments. So those players will run more local tournaments, which will get local players excited. And then maybe one or two of the other local players are like, oh, I had that weekend off. I'll... I'll drive to Vegas with you. And then so it just sort of chains and cascades. So if we have more high-level tournaments, it will probably lead to more play. Now, it might not necessarily. There may be more complex issues there. In fact, I'm certain that there are. But that was the idea behind the proposal. And, and I, it's a good idea. And I, I think that hopefully something like that can be devised in a way that respects and protects the integrity of the local players without uh, denying high-level players the opportunity to play more frequently. Johnny had a question. Johnny Haliva, JJH. Um, why haven't deck lists from 100% of the 2013 high-level events been input? And I wish that I had a good answer for you, uh, especially since part of this is my fault. As I ran Gen Con last year, and I don't think all of the deck lists are in, um, it's a massive amount of work to, to type up and put in all those deck lists. Uh, and it's really unacceptable that it's not done yet. Um, I think that this needs to be a top priority for us uh, for 2014. And going back and catching as many of the older ones as we can. Uh, I think what we need to do as an organization, though, is make it easier for people to use the deck builder and link their decks automatically and provide more incentives for tournament directors to add the decks in uh, for us so that we don't have to chase people down and say, you know, you, you got to do this or else, because I'm not sure that that's an effective strategy. I, I think what we need to do is, is incentivize it and then make sure it happens. Hopefully that's something we can do. Sir San said he was really surprised to see that Stuvi has taken James' position after what happened in Briz Vegas, and things have changed really fast with rethinking of that event. Can I comment on that? Well, I hope that I addressed it earlier, but uh, the failure regarding the, the Briz Vegas situation is not on the feet of any one person. Um, it's on the feet of this entire organization. The situation came about from a series of mistakes and failures, but ended with the community uh, of players being damaged and this organization, quite honestly, looking foolish. <clears throat> uh, we discussed how to resolve this prior to James's departure and we continued to discuss it uh, afterwards and it was one of the top priorities I gave to Matthias uh, when he was appointed. You know, I said, we need to get this done and, and he did. Um, we are all human and we all make mistakes. Uh, I've made plenty of them and many others who do work for the Continuing Committee have also made plenty of mistakes. Um, what we need to make sure happens is that we all learn from them and we take steps to avoid repeating them. 
And as long as we're doing that, as long as we're, we're learning from our mistakes and moving forward, uh, I believe everyone deserves the opportunity to, to move past the mistakes they've made and continue doing uh, work they're passionate and excited about. <clears throat> uh, Sir San also goes on to say, uh, in his opinion, ambassadors are a powerful tool underused by the continuing committee. There are a lot of things that we could consult with them in matters of players' opinions and organized play issues. Why isn't that happening? And I absolutely agree that ambassadors are an underused tool. Um, one of the reasons we selected a chief ambassador, Jeremy Benedict right now, doing an awesome job, uh, was to make sure we can use this resource more effectively. One of the things the ambassadors are working on now is sort of a census of our play group, you know, of our play groups. We're trying to figure out how many players do you have that come out regularly or come out uh, occasionally or come out really infrequently? How many are willing to travel? How far are they willing to travel? Uh, that will help us decide, you know, do we really have a need for more high-level play events and where should we put them throughout the, the, glo the globe? Uh, um, one of the biggest problems, though, is that uh, we're always sort of, we plan really well and then execute fairly poorly in terms of staying ahead on our plans. Uh, that's something that's a personal priority for me in 2014. And as, as Nick ramps up uh, in his brand management of second edition, and as we find a new first edition brand manager, we can push this even more. Um, I think you'll see more and more advanced planning in 2014 so that we can uh, get input from the, like because if we want to get input from the ambassadors, we have to give them time to go out and talk to their playgroups, collect that information, report it, get the information back, process it, and make a decision. And that takes time. It just, just takes time. Uh, if we're planning far enough out ahead, we have the time to do that. If it's, oh, we need to pick promos right now because we didn't do it, we don't have as much time to do that. So I'm hopeful that we can plan ahead and execute better so that our ambassadors can do that kind of information gathering. And then the, the countersign of that is if we're planning and working ahead, you know, I would love to have the, the, uh, the Maquis set, the second set in the DS9 block, promo already picked and ready to go now so that I could give it to the ambassadors and be like, hey, get excited because this is coming. Uh, hopefully that's something that we can do. Uh, Kazon Pad asks about the balance between uh, the balance of play and draw engines between TNG block and DS9 block. And so really this this is a winny question, but it sort of applies to one and 2e. Um, balance is this very, very difficult concept. Um, I think a lot of times balance is misunderstood to be a flat power level where uh, any deck in any player's hands is equally competitive. And that's nice, but completely unrealistic. Um, you know, there are always going to be decks that are better than others, and there are always going to be players that are better than others. So, for example, I can take the best deck in 1E, you know, a crazy Ferengi TNG deck, and play against Ken, who's playing KCA, and lose because Ken is a better player than me. Uh, or I don't understand the deck, or, or, or various things like that. You know, I, ideally, we would like all the affiliations to be playable, but there are pl there's there's player uh, preferences, player skill levels factor in. It's a complicated situation. Um, specifically addressing TNG versus DS9, we really hope that players are, aren't giving up on DS9 already. I mean, the set has been out five weeks. It's been out a month. Half of that was holidays. Uh, you know... It really takes four to six months for an expansion's effects to be felt. And, you know, at least two or three. And it's really just too soon to say, you know, this is all terrible. Uh, maybe it is terrible, and we'll, we'll watch it. And that's what design does, is design constantly watches the environment. And, and the important thing here that you guys can do is make your deck lists, 
put your deck lists in the system because we pull tons of statistics from deck lists and make tournament reports and post on the forums because we read like all the designers read that all the time every time we have a design meeting we go and read the forums and find out what's going on um, you know not only can we make new cards but we have tools like ban and errata to do finite adjustments here and there as, as necessary uh, and in generally special with especially with design and errata uh, we take a judicious approach you know we don't want we don't want to be errataing a card four times we would rather take our time and errata a card once and get it right than have to change it four times because we didn't get it right um, all that being said we're monitoring the play environment and we are developing new cards we will constantly adjust things. You know, the game isn't going anywhere. The game is still really fun, and we will constantly look to provide uh, new tools for decks that are doing well, and provide new weapons against decks that are doing well. <clears throat> uh, basically, we're taking a patient approach. We, we, we don't think that the environment is old enough yet to be decisive that one way or the other uh, is better, but we are still developing new cards, and we will keep an, an eye on So, uh, Honest asks, when is the next 2E expansion? Well, I can't give you a date, but I can tell you that it's done. Uh, it's done designing, it's done testing, it's done rules-wise, it's done creatively, and it's off in Art's hands. Uh, it's still being proofread, and uh, it should be moving towards release soon. So, my belief is, uh, before too long, you will have these cards in your hand. And in fact... Uh, I have a card to show you, if I can get my screen share to work. Let's see. There. Hopefully, that is on your screen, and you can't read it at all. So let me... Nope, that's not right. Let me do this. Let's see if this works. <clears throat> Alright. So this is from Project Rose. Still doesn't have a name yet. I'm sorry. It's an event. It's two cost. It's called Trap is Sprung. It has the capture keyword. Uh, to play this event, you must command three Cardassian personnel. Plays on an opponent's mission with no dilemmas beneath it. When an opponent's personnel begin a mission attempt here, you may destroy this event to randomly select one of those personnel to be placed in your brig. The lore, this enemy knows if they don't act soon, it'll be too late. Sorry, the enemy. The enemy knows if they don't act soon, it'll be too late. So that is a little spoiler for Project Rose for you, for your patience. And it is coming. It will be soon. And then the last question that several people asked, and obviously has been something that has been talked about with great frequency, when will all cards be printable? Well, I am happy to announce all cards will become printable for I lost my camera. That's right. You're looking at your spoiler. That's fine. You can look at the spoiler. Um, all cards will be printable. I lost my notes. I am just a mess right now. All cards will become printable in continuing committee sanctioned events on Monday, February 3rd. An article will be going live tonight at midnight, so in just under, just over four hours. Uh, that outlines sort of the changes and how this is going to work and includes all the details. But Monday, February 3rd, all cards go printable. And we're happy to usher in this new era for the games and are excited that this will be in place before the Road to Worlds 2014 begins. So, with that said, I am going to switch over to the chat room. 
and it did not save my place. So, uh, if you have chat room questions, please send them to me again. I may not have gotten them. Uh, I am going to go through and see what is going on. Looking for questions. Alright. I heard a rumor about all cards being made printable at some point. Is this true? Any idea when it will be so? That's from Krillingonosis. Uh, well, hopefully I answered your question. Monday, February 3rd. Uh, it is true, and it will be happening soon. Uh, recently, at a same same individual, while a tournament recently involving OTF, we noticed TNG was still more or less rolling over everyone out with spamming out people. Is there any chance new arrivals restrictions could be eased to two free reports per turn to balance it out and allow full use of the DS9 play mechanics? Uh, this is another one question. Uh, to answer your specific question, no. New arrivals was designed for a very different purpose than attention all hands. Uh, New Arrivals is sort of our uh, solution. It's a complicated issue, but basically, it's a starter level card. Uh, it, it's a starter level card that we can uh, use repeatedly from year to year to make our starters functionally sim similar. So is so is Call for Reinforcements, and there's another one off the top of my head I'm not remembering. Um, it'll come to me later. Rock the Genome. Uh, basically, we made these cards to sort of replicate, because what we found ourselves doing is remaking them with DS9 skin. And uh, rather than reinvent the wheel from year to year to year, I said, let's make them generic and make them functional, and then we'll punt them up to a home front, or we'll reprint them as necessary, and we'll be able to build our block starters uh, logically and consistently. So that was the point of these cards. Now, clearly TNG is very good. I, I, I want to reiterate my point that I think DS9 is very young, and we just had a 1E online tournament where a DS9 deck almost won. I'm not sure what he was playing, what the deck that ultimately won was, but people need time to play with DS9 and figure out whether it's good or not. And, and TNG is familiar and comfortable and has had three sets to grow. DS9 is, is new and different, and, and I think it will change as people play with it more. That being said, TNG was insanely powerful, and we eroded continuing mission to, to sort of bring that level down. If we tried to make everything up to that level of power, We'd be looking at Voyager, Borg, Holodeck all over again for winning. And I don't think that's what anything wants. So the question is, is DS9 not good enough or is TNG too good? And we don't have an answer for that yet. And hopefully we will continue to monitor the play environment and get an answer for things uh, soon. And I'm going to take this spoiler away and put myself back on because I'm gesticulating and no one is reading me. Or is seeing me. So... I'm going to keep scrolling down through the chat room, see if I find another question. Hmm. Who is Matthias's team? John Killerby wants to know who is Matthias's team. Just him and the other OP guys. Um, our OP department is currently Matthias as the director. Uh, we are looking for an organized play coordinator for Australia. So if you're interested, go to our volunteer page, trekcc.org/volunteers. Uh, Thomas Schneider in Europe, uh, Dave Cuck in North America. Now we also have uh, Jeremy Benedict is on the OP team sort of as an advisor to work with the ambassadors. Um, Dan Hammond is on the team uh, as a shipping issue guy. Uh, myself and Neil Timmons are technically on the forums, although we're staying out of things. And uh, 
Rogue Schindler, uh, as Achievements Master, is also on that act forum. The actual core OP team are the, the, the four OP coordinators, the director and then the three continental coordinators. So those are the four that are dealing with the global issues. <clears throat> uh, Funds wants to know, please explain backgrounds of all cards will be printable soon. Um, not sure what He's asking, oh, he's, there's another follow-up. May TDs print cards and build physical boosters for draft events? Uh, you can absolutely make uh, limited format tournaments. You know, our software, our, our tournament system supports uh, limited format. You just have to describe what the limited format is in the uh, tournament description. You can do whatever you want. Uh, all cards printable is quite literally that. Um, the, the, there's no need for us to maintain this. You have to spend so much money barrier to entry anymore, especially since uh, so many cards you can't get. Uh, and re really, the, 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 the kick in the pants that I needed to make this decision, because this has been talked about since the continuing committee started, making all cards printable. The, the kick in the pants I needed was trying to buy prizes for Gen Con last year, and the only 2E product I could buy was Strange New Worlds and Spill to Go, and arguably those are the two pieces of product that nobody ever needs. Um, you know, I couldn't get Into Mirror Darkly, I couldn't get These of the Voyages, uh, lots of other stuff had already been sold out. And so when it's when I can't even buy prizes for, for packs to give away for people, that means a new player can't buy it either, unless you go to eBay and spend a ton of money. And that's all, the, the physical cards are always going to have value, because they're always going to look better. You know. I want to make it very clear. We are absolutely, under no circumstances, going back and remaking all of the card images in high resolution. That is never going to happen. Um, so the physical cards are always going to have value because they're always going to be much nicer looking. And there's just having the card in your hand is always desirable. But, but that barrier to entry is so artificial and so unnecessary, uh, it's time to let it go. And that's why we made the decision. Uh, Killer B, again, what are your thoughts on an NA system of four rotating major or three time zone championships? I think that's a fine solution. I don't know... Uh, I don't know what we'll do. Um, maybe that's a good solution. I, I don't, I don't want to pick an arbitrary number. And that, that might have been one of the mistakes in my proposal, is that I picked an arbitrary number. And I think some of the discussion was focused on those numbers instead of looking at the ideas. And, and I apologize again for that. Um, you know, I want to make sure that we, we have the right number of big events. And, and that means, you know, that they're spaced out far enough to matter, that, that the right number of people can get to them. Uh, rather than say we're always going to have four and only four, I think it's more important to say we have the right number. So, so certainly the idea of you have a, an event in every time zone, and each year one of them is the North American, the U.S. champion, national championships. It, it, there's a certain simplicity to that, but it may not be the right answer, and, and that's why we have an OP team that will make these decisions. Uh, Moog Son of Orf asks, why do you tie this rating uh, gains? I'm, okay, so he, he says... Why do you tie the rating slash get more based on player numbers stuff to the number of high level tournament stuff? Isn't that something completely different? Yes, I apologize. They're not they're not the same thing. Um, there were two there were two issues that my proposal was meant to deal with. One was the uh, confusion about our big big events, and the second was the lack of big events, particularly in North America. 
I put them all in one proposal just because those are the two big issues that I felt needed solved. Uh, in hindsight, I probably should have said, here's a proposal for new, more big events, and here's a proposal for cleaning up the mess. Uh, they weren't linked. Um, clearly, I mean, the one that James sent his message that he took exception to was the, the, the scale changes, and, and he was right. Um, not sure if there was objections to the more events or not. I know there were some concerns about how it would fit within nationals, and that's fine. We've discussed that. Um, but yeah, and it may not have been the best to pitch them together. They were not intrexibly linked. Like it was inexorably, inexorably, inexorably linked. Uh, the idea being, you know, we can only do one without the other. That's not the case. So uh, last call for questions, people. I am scrolling down and I'm getting towards the end. Uh, can I describe the decision-making process Matthias is using who is involved? Well, I've covered his team. Uh, as for his process, I am not going to comment on that. That's for him to discuss. Uh, I'm not trying to make this about how they choose to get together and make their decisions. I know that uh, he's having a meeting with his coordinators. I believe it's, it's soon. <clears throat> how he wants to do his process is up to him. Uh, as long as it's working, as long as we're meeting the results, I'm not too worried about how he does things. So no, I can't answer that question because I don't know. And it's uh, sort of outside my business. I am still scrolling. Do we have a start date on regionals? Uh, not an official start date, but I believe the time frame is going to be the same as previous years. So roughly end of March, April to end of June, July, roughly. Can we get a Federation version of DS9? Uh, that is absolutely something that we've talked about doing. It may happen. I, I can't promise it one way or the other. I'm not on every design team. Uh, if a design team comes up with a good way to do it, I think that'd be cool. I also think it'd be cool to have a... a, a Dominion Terracnor. Don't we need a fixed schedule and locations? I'm assuming um, you're talking about events in North America. I don't know that we need it to be in the same place every year. I don't think that's the point. I think the point is that we offer big events uh, to the playgroups that can support them and have the appropriate number. So I have reached the end of the chat log. Uh, I'm told that my mess, my video has cut out a few times. Um, that's unfortunate. I know that my camera turned off when I had the spoiler up, but hopefully the content, uh, um, hopefully the content will have come through. I did also record this uh, as audio, and we'll put it up on my podcast feed for people to download and listen that can't do the video. Um, John is asking, who will approve the organized play proposal? Ultimately, me. Um, I, I am still the chairman of this organization, and I am still empowered with making decisions. Uh, <clears throat> Matthias and his team will design things and come to me with recommendations, and I will have questions. They will answer my questions, and we will just we will proceed as a team, essentially. Uh, but ultimately, it's 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 something that rests with both myself and Matthias in terms of making the decisions. 
can we offer something like continuing committee boosters, materials we can use to make the real physical feeling? Uh, no, under no circumstances will we produce or sell cards. I'm sorry, but that is uh, outside the legal bounds in which we are able to operate, gray as they may be, and we will not be producing booster packs. Apologies. Uh, and the last question, the last question I have for everybody, because it's been almost an hour, uh, from Sir Dan. When the F are new tournament kits coming out? And he provided the answer to his own question soon. Uh, I know that we will be starting to put them together very shortly and putting them out in the mail to you. Uh, oh, that, actually, one more topic I wanted to address, and it sort of ties in what I said earlier. We are going to be working more ahead with our tournaments this year, tournament kits this year. So hopefully by the time uh, July rolls around, all of the foils will have already been printed, packed, and cut. And the minute you start ordering them, the minute they can be shipped. So... I apologize if I missed a question of yours. Uh, the chat log is not necessarily the best way to do this. If we do this again, hopefully we can uh, maybe get a moderator or find uh, a way to make things easier. Uh, I hope that this was informative. I hope that this was uh, helped to allay your fears and your concerns. Uh, this is something we will be doing again probably more like we did the period of review where it's more of a panel discussion instead of a speech, so to speak. Um, but I want to reiterate that, that this organization exists to serve you, the community, and especially myself, I exist to serve you. Uh, I, I want you to come to me with concerns and issues uh, so that they can be dealt with and addressed before they, they boil over into uh, some unpleasantness. Um, if you have an idea, if you have a suggestion, whisper me. Uh, send me a private message, send me an email, uh, cplane at gmail.com, and, and I will I will do my best to get back to you and answer you. And if you don't hear back from me in a timely manner, email me again, because I, 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 do, I do do a lot of things, and I miss things sometimes. Um, with that said, thank you for tuning in over the last hour. I hope that I have been able to answer and address your, your questions. Uh, please email me, contact me. If you have questions after watching this later, uh, if you didn't join the live broadcast, I will do my best to answer them on the forums or reply to your emails. So, signing off from San Diego, California, live long and prosper, and thank you for tuning in.